You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcasts by Auburn fans. For Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about some Auburn Tiger football in 2020, the craziest year of all time. Or at least, you know, in the world. <laughs> Hadn't even started, and it's the craziest year ever. <laughs> War Eagle, uh, man. How's it going? It's good, good. Hey, we're getting just inching closer and closer to the season, um, almost there. Um, and what better time to do a season preview on, on what's going to happen. Um, and really who knows what's going to happen, but let's talk through, we'll talk through each of the games, kind of overall what we think, uh, talk about a lot of the different changes that have gone on in the off season with coaching, uh, the players that we've brought in, how we think the new guys are going to play to impact on this, uh, next 2020 season. Um, Jared, any, any observations so far in this off season, and what, what what are you feeling about this 2020 season? This it's been so hush hush. I mean, I you know we got early indications before there was ever question of were we going to play or not that you know Chad Morris was starting to get recruits in out of Texas, and there was indications that uh, things were happening behind the scenes that made you think this truly was going to be Chad Morris's offense. Yeah. And I really think it's going to be, and I think that's really the most exciting to me is nothing against Gus, but it's something new. So I'm kind of excited to see what what's go, what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is Gus's ninth year, or maybe eighth year, one of those. I think of it's being his a head coach. Yeah, and that's that's a pretty long stint, especially in the college football world nowadays. Where, I mean, as you saw with Chad Morris, he had such a short leash; he was out in a couple of years. I mean, that's if you're not doing well, you're out. And uh, I mean, for Gus to be here so long. And then even I was thinking about it. Kevin Still's been here a very long time, too, as our defensive coordinator. He's been here. This will be his fifth year wow. as defensive coordinator. I didn't realize uh, that. And to think that's just consistency, recruiting. And that's what you're kind of getting at is, hey, we've had consistency with Gus and Kevin for the last five years. And Gus, I guess, for eight. Um but now you bring in Chad Morris, and that adds an extra element of, wow, we're actually going after some pretty good tight end recruits. We're getting guys from Texas. We're doing all of this. Um, and that just brings a little bit of excitement considering the last few, well, I guess a couple of years have kind of been more or less kind of stale as far as offense goes. So um, it's exciting. Um, I'm ready to see how we're going to use the tight ends. I think that's my biggest question mark for this year. Um, do you have any big question marks in your mind for this year and how it's going to go? I mean, I think the mine's, I, I would love to pull something out cool. Nobody's thought about, but mine's going to be the running game. I mean, can we, can we open up enough holes for the run game? Cause I think we got the horses back there. Um, but listen, you know, if they, there's very few running backs that can just create themselves. Booby was actually one of those. Uh, Booby could, uh, believe it or not, create for himself. Booby just didn't have the, 
he didn't have the the getaway speed or anything like that, but he could juke around and make something there. I mean, he did that in the Alabama game because there wasn't a lot of running room. So I don't. DJ's not that guy. DJ needs that get me through the line and then I'll yeah. break away. You, you you can you've seen that in his running style. Uh, so he needs a little help for the hole, uh, but his ceiling is a lot higher. So I think that it, can we give them any kind of lane, any kind of running room at all? If we can, it could be a really good season. But to me, none of that other stuff matters if we can't do that. So to me, that's my biggest question mark. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm kind of the same as you because I think running goes hand in hand with offensive line, which I think offensive line is the other question mark since we don't, we're only bringing back one guy from the offensive line from 2019. And that's just going to be a whole bunch of you, the gelling, quote unquote, um, that needs to happen. And uh, that that's going to be pretty much stress considering we didn't have all that spring practice where that usually happens. So, you know, that's going to be a compressed timeline for offensive line. If the offensive line is able to create those holes, I think the offense or the running back and the running games is going to come, come around nicely. And like you said, I think that's going to definitely benefit our pass game because then you don't really know what Auburn's going to do. Are they going to air it out? with Chad Morris's new uh, passing routes or new looks that he's going to bring um, to the, to the table. If we don't, if we don't miss on some offensive line recruits over the past two of the years, Chad Morris is not here because I think, I think Gus Malzahn's only issue was he could not get a true running game going. And I think we fell off a little bit on making that a priority and I don't know why, but if Gus if we can run the ball anytime under Gus, it's pretty ridiculous the numbers we can put up. So um, if we can, and I know Chad's going to be running the, the show here, but I just think that's even more of what we can do because Chad's going to sling the ball around as well. So it should be exciting. I think it all starts and ends with that. And that's honestly with most teams out there. Yeah. So I guess what I'm hearing you say is you're thinking we're going to put more emphasis on the run game this year and not passing or am I not hearing you correctly? No, I don't think there's going to be any more emphasis. I think it's just going to be as important, if not more uh, simply because we are still going to be learning Chad's offense and you're going to have, we haven't had a lot of time to practice. So you're going to have receivers probably make a mistake, Bo make a wrong read. So to take the pressure off those first few games, we need to be able to run the ball really well. And yeah. we haven't done that at Auburn for the past two or three years. And those running backs have had to create, even Carrion had to create a lot of his stuff. I mean, I remember yeah. watching him. I mean, he should have been knocked down in the backfield against Mercer several times. <laughs> he juked around them and made stuff happen. And it was the Georgia game where our offensive line really pushed people around. That's why we put up 42 or 48 on Georgia. Um, and they did it again against Alabama. But they were never consistent with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's ultimately going to come down to that. And that's not breaking news. That's really any team out there. But I think it's just really until we get in that rhythm, um, especially with the lack of time we've had. Listen, good defense and a run game will buy you time to figure out those big time plays. Yeah. you get. I mean, that's just a matter of playing football. You run and then it obviously opens up the pass. There's, there's definitely our teams. I mean, you look at – the teams like Alabama from last year, they were such an air raid kind of offense and they passed 
and then that kind of opened up the run game because they couldn't put as many guys in the the defense couldn't put as many guys in the box. Well, if you um, go back and real quick, and then I'll move on. This will be the last I'll say. We won, and I've said it before. We won LSU that national championship because if LSU had not faced a defense like ours until they got to the playoff, yeah, like we forced they they could not sling it around on us like they wanted to, and it, you could argue they wouldn't have even had the success they did. They held like crazy, but we forced that. Edward Zelaire owes Auburn money for being a, top, a first round pick. He that was his coming out party. We made them yeah. run the ball, yeah, and we almost gave it to them and not let them pass. And then they took off from there, and they became you couldn't. All right, you stop my pass. We're going to run. You couldn't yeah. stop them at that point. So even teams that sling it around like that, if they can find that run game, you're unstoppable. Yeah, you definitely have a good point. I mean, and that's where I think LSU why they were so potent last year is they would, if they had any choice, they'd pass the ball. But if they noticed their passing game was slowing down, they would just hand it off to Edwards Alaire, and then that would open up the pass game again. And it's just like give and take throughout the whole game, um, which I think is a good balance. And, and it, I mean, that's got to be a key for Chad Morris and kind of how he's going to run this offense is figure out what is that balance for this Auburn team with a new offensive line. And essentially uh, – I mean, there definitely is experience at running back, but not as much experience as if we had Booby Whitlow coming back. Um, and, I mean, you got to think with DJ Williams and even somebody like Worm, uh, Sean Shivers, um, he obviously you think you don't think of him as being a the most veteran cor- uh, running back, but he played a lot last year. Um, even if he didn't get the ball, he got the uh, he he was definitely around, and uh, I think Gus is going to kind of play him a little bit more maybe than he should. But at the same time, he's a very explosive player, and it's very obvious from the highlights of the Iron Bowl of last year and plenty <laughs> of other times. Um, uh, what else do you think is going to? Who else do you think is going to be a star this season? I mean, obviously we got Bo, Seth Williams, Sean Shivers, Anthony Schwartz, but do you have any others in mind for that? Um, that may become that shining star that we may not uh, necessarily know about already? I have nothing to back this up other than how he got open in the Alabama game and the things I've heard in the offseason. I think Shedrick Jackson is going to lead the team in receiving. What? Even over Seth Williams? Yep, and he's not better than Seth Williams. But I think that with what we're going to do with Chad, um, slinging it around a little more, the attention Seth is going to get, that's going to open that door. And listen, he is not more talented than Anthony Schwartz. He's not more talented than Seth Williams. But the way he got open in that Alabama game hmm. and the things I'm hearing, very limited, but the things I'm hearing out of practice, I think he could I think he could take that step. And I'm not saying, you know, it may only be 800 yards. I don't know what Seth's going to get. And honestly, I'm also assuming we're probably going to have some receivers miss a game or two. Um, yeah. I think I think Shedricks might I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and and be a very very happy surprise. Yeah, and I mean even last year we didn't talk too much about him. I mean he he had probably very limited it seemed like playtime when he was out there he was mostly in a blocking capacity for a run game. Uh, wasn't targeted too many times. Um, you make a good point. He could be that breakout star, and and even some of the players and coaches have kind of noted he's made the biggest jump of uh I think it was all the wide receiver core. Um so I mean you gotta think he's he's this may be his coming out year. Um the guy that keeps coming to mind for me 
is somebody like Mark Anthony Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, being a running back that can just take a bruising, uh, you got to think somebody like Mark Anthony can do that and be able to, like you said, be like the the booby Whitlow where you can just create space. I mean, you got to think for the first few games as the offensive line's figuring out uh, how to pretty much do uh, what they need to, um, you got to think there's got to be plays where just the running back makes an opening and breaks through. Um, and I think somebody like Mark Anthony can do that. He's got a lot of praise when he, you know, anytime they talk about him, he gets a lot of praise. I don't remember why he was that. Did he get hurt? And then we just redshirt him last year. I can't remember, but yeah, I want to say it was like, he had little tweaks here and there and we yeah. just didn't play him. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had so much depth above him. I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't think they wanted to risk, you know, making that worse than it was. So yeah. I, you hear great things. I mean, you know, when they, anybody lists him, they got him below, obviously below DJ and Worm, and, and they got him below Tank. And I think, you know, Tank is obviously a special talent, but, you know, Mark Anthony's been around the, the program, you know, an extra year. So what what's going to what's gonna win out there? Um, yeah, and I think most people, they would say probably Tank Bigsby. I mean, that's, that's probably the, oh, he's going to be our new star. And he very much could be. Um, I'm just thinking Mark Antony because he's got a year under his belt and we didn't see him at all last year because of his injury. It's not because of, I don't think it was his talent level. I think he may become one that we, we start hearing more and more about and his role grows as uh, the season progresses. Um, let's talk about a little bit of wide receivers because we haven't really mentioned too many besides Seth and Shedrick. Um, what do you think the guys are going to do this year? As far as with the different routes, it sounds like Chad Morse is going to be throwing at them and saying, you got to learn all these different ways to run a route um, that they may not have had to do under Gus Melzon. How do you think they're going to react and how the wide receivers are going to do this year? I mean, I think the, you know, your sis and your Eli's and and even Schwartz, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, they're, they're veterans at this point, especially Eli with his age. Um, and to be honest with you, I mean, Schwartz, we think about him. I mean, he had a lot of catches last year, but most of his were like just well-run routes. If you think about him going, you know, running an out route or something, um, we kind of want him to become that breakaway. You remember two years ago against Tennessee where, you know, he took one fake step out of bounds and then he took it to the house and that's what he can yeah. do. You know, that, that just, that he's just blew, blew by everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be different. I think the big thing to keep an eye on is. Uh, the Zevion Capers and Kobe Hudson, they're getting a lot of praise. Um, and I know we praise people, and we just never know, but they're getting a lot of praise. You keep those, hearing those guys coming up, and, and somebody's there's a lot of chatter on the internet, man, about how a, a freshman receiver is going to be starting. So hmm. what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I'm just looking at the, the amount of talent you're looking at. Seth Williams, who this is probably his last year at Auburn in his third year, Anthony Schwartz kind of, I don't know if he'll necessarily leave, but I mean, he's a definitely a uh, more of the upperclassman. Eli Stove definitely. I mean, I think it's his fourth or fifth year here, and because of his ACL injury, and uh, I mean, even somebody like Shedrick Jackson, even though he hasn't played, you got to think the experience. But I mean, with how much talent we're hearing about Capers and Hudson, just being freshmen. Straight, straight coming from col uh, from high school to college, you gotta think we gotta play them, and I think that kind of leads us leads me into another thought of 
And because of this year not really counting towards eligibility, you got to think they're not afraid at all to play freshmen because, I mean, it's not going to hurt them. They get experience. And essentially, even after this year, you've got four years of eligibility. So, you know, why not just use them? Um, and even, I was thinking, I mean, last year you, you got the four years of uh, red four shirt games, games yeah, before yeah. it counted towards your eligibility. But even this year, I mean, you could have a guy play all 10 and it doesn't count because just the NCAA had said it doesn't count. Um, so you got a point. I mean, these freshmen have a real shot at uh, making some big time impacts. Hey, Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are. And we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. We bang on the NCAA a lot, and we should, but two things they did well. the four, Whoever came up with the four game before, without losing a redshirt I think was great because that allowed people to prepare for bowl games even if nothing else. You could play them and, yeah. and not lose eligibility. And then deciding on not, you know, this year not, throw, not counting his eligibility. I think those were two pretty good moves. It, it showed they were more player focused and they probably started doing stuff like that because they realized we got to bend some or this could get real ugly in court. Um, yeah. So they probably, their hand was probably forced because um, the players are starting to get more power overall, wanting profit sharing, wanting stuff like that. And so you got to come to the table and say, all right, here's some things we can do for you. Um, yeah. But that, uh, that was a good move. I think that this year, not counting, I mean, you know, the Big Ten's voting today to play, and if they do, it's probably only eight games. So you'd hate to see a kid's eligibility be thrown out with a weird season like this. Yeah, you definitely would. I mean, for, say, you know, somebody gets coronavirus in the middle of their season, that probably means they're oh, out at least point. two games. Yeah, great point. If not more. And that's essentially messing up your year. I mean, I mean, if a guy legitimately has symptoms and stuff, I mean, he's going to be out for more than two weeks. It's going to be more like four to six weeks probably before he can get back to game time shape and get into the strategy of what the team's doing. So, I mean, that's a that's almost half your season. Yeah, that's a good point. If somebody gets it, yeah, then then yeah, you just don't want people. There's too many unknowns, and I would hate to lose eligibility. And I mean, they even considered it for basketball, and they made it all the way to March. So. I think they said, you know, there was a full season that was played, so that's why they didn't do that. I would have yeah. probably liked them to have done that. But I still wonder, and I, I'll move on, but I, I wonder how this is going to affect scholarships and schools' ability to pay for those scholarships because it's essentially you're losing no one. Now, people are going to go pro. People are going to leave just through attrition. But 
there's going to be people that are like, wait, I can come back for one more college year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's definitely going to be those guys that probably going to be the free agents that would, if they'd gone, they, they might've just been a free agent. And then you're kind of really battling in the NFL for a, for a spot on the team. And maybe an extra year of development in college gives you that little bump. You might even get drafted and find a good spot on the team. I think Eli Stove's a great example. I don't know that Eli Stove's good enough to go pro and nothing against him at all. I love him to death. He may very well mm-hmm. be. But let's say he's not good enough to go pro, but he's he just loves football, loves being on college campus, loves being a part of the team. And he says, listen, guys, I'm coming back for another year because he can't. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah. I think he's a good example of somebody that could not only decide to come back, but actually for a reason, he could benefit the team. Yeah, and probably benefit himself. I mean, hey, heck, if he uh, really flourishes under Chad Morris and Chad Morris is here for a couple of years, I mean, that, that shows you sure. he's he's got he, some real talent there. He could go and say, he could show film and say, listen, guys, I, I didn't blow numbers out of the water my first three years because it was a different offense. You look at the last two years, yeah, that's a great point. If he, two years of under a passing offense, if he has decent numbers, that could be his argument. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jared, I think we kind of talked about the offense. Um, let's talk about some defense um, because I think this is also another one of those. We know Kevin Still, uh, being in his fifth year here, is going to be uh, just bringing in extra guys. I don't think there's going to be necessarily too much of a drop-off, but obviously when you lose guys like Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown to the NFL, there's going to be some drop-off. But where do you think – our team's going to go on the defensive side of the ball this year. Well, first off, I was surprised you told me before we got on that Kevin Steele's been here five years. That's that's kind of crazy to me. Um, but as far as the defense itself, I don't know. I mean, I think the strength is going to be your linebackers. I mean, I, I think you got to go with K.J. Britt. I would be surprised if he's not our candidate. You know, I know that Marlon and Derek joked last year who was going to win defensive player more times. I don't know that KJ will ever win it, but I think if anybody does, it's going to be him. I would say, all right, he's the definite one that will. Um, you know, up on the defensive line, Big Cat's got sky's the limit for him. I still think he needs more size, not height. He's a tall guy, but I think he needs more size so he can push people around a little more. Um, TD Moultrie, I mean, he's somebody you've heard about since, you know, before he started playing, That just the, just the God-given talent, and I feel like he's hit and miss. So can yeah. he can he become consistent? Um, I don't even know if he's the starter, but he I don't know if he's going to start or Derek. But can he? It sounds like Derek, but I mean, this is just a beat writer trying to predict, and I don't think Auburn has officially put out any depth chart yet, at least when we're recording. What I, I if you're I forget the question, but if you're asking me like what's going to be our strength, I would say without a question, our strength is going to be linebackers. What's the biggest question mark? I would say defensive line. I don't that, yeah. but that's me. How about you? No, I, I, I'm I'm kind of right along with you. Um, I mean, you got to think with having not only what we talked about um, KJ Brett coming back, but Owen Papo, and then just everybody behind them. I mean, they they just seem to reload at linebacker. I mean, every year I feel like since probably Deshaun Davis, probably since then, I feel like we just haven't had that much of a drop off. Um, every year it's been a strength. Um, last year even. I mean, we were playing uh, freshmen at linebacker, like mm-hmm. K.J. Brett and mm-hmm. Owen Papo, and those guys stepped in there. Now, obviously, that probably had something to do with how good our defensive line was, but uh, 
I mean, they, they stepped up and I think they're going to be just as good. Um, But maybe another question I have is what is our corner kind of situation going to be? I mean, the only one that I've heard definitely is Marco Damio and Roger McCreary. Those are the two kind of names I've been hearing, but I haven't heard too many else besides that. And I'm just thinking of the year where depth is going to be a huge thing. How is that going to look? Is Marco, um, is, he the, is he the recruit we got? Was he a Juco? I want to say so. Let me just look him up okay. real quick. Yeah, I'll move on. You can you can look it up and see. I, I feel like he might have been a guy out of Texas or something, like a Juco commit. Yeah, he's a Juco. You're right. Okay. Um, I, I just seeing his name, I was like, wait a minute, he's never been a starter and he's predicted to be a starter, but I think he was a Juco. So that's, that's cool. I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, you got Zacoby. I mean, you, you keep picturing his, you know, hundred yard interception return against Alabama. <laughs> I keep picturing yeah. Tut being in the right place at the right time. I think he might lack a little in speed, but he seems to know where, you know, plays are going. Uh, yeah. or, or was it McQuarrie? Was it Zacoby or McQuarrie that returned that? 100 yard it doesn't uh, i think it was zacoby i'm pretty sure it was okay Zacobi. um it, you know I, smoke monday I, he's got a cool name um yeah. and i don't ever he's see made him. some good hits yeah, i don't ever see him really i mean he had the, i think he had a pick six in the alabama game so uh his was a lot shorter it may have been like yeah. 20 yards but honestly it true opinion i have no idea that could be yeah. our weakness and we're bringing in a new coach. I mean, you know, that's a there's some more juggling going on there. I mean, at least the D line has got a consistency in coach. Linebacker has consistency in coach. Secondary is a new new coach. Yeah. Um, I still just would say probably D line because of what we lost. Yeah, would be our biggest question mark. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, it, it's either between defensive line and I think partially secondary. But I'm not. Like I was looking at our safeties, I'm not necessarily concerned about safeties because we do have Smoke Monday, Jamie and Sherwood, and Jordan, uh, Jordan Peters, which have good experience uh, from previous seasons. Uh, let's talk about special teams. I mean, there's not too much question mark going on except for punter at this point. Um, do the, we have a punter? The punching battle. So what? Do we have a punter? I don't even know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we've actually. Do you remember back from I think it was 2018? Um, Aiden Marshall and Aaron Sippus had a essentially a battle. I think even Aiden started, but then Aaron ended up winning the job. And then Aaron was like, all right, bye, I'm out of here. And just essentially was off the team. Um, I still think he was enrolled at Auburn, I think. I think that's what it was. Um, but he just didn't play on the football team. Um, and uh, even last year he didn't play. Um, and I think the coaching staff really – said especially after Aaron said I'm going to the NFL even with an extra year of eligibility left on the table uh they said Aaron or Aiden please come back Aiden Marshall we need you <laughs> um and then we also got Oscar Chapman uh who's that Aussie punter um that we got and uh kind of last minute I feel like and uh I mean it, it's kind of it sounds like it's up to Aiden and Oscar so uh We'll see. That's going to be an interesting what, little battle to see if an Australian guy or our experienced Aiden Marshall, if I remember right, he was pretty good. He was averaging like 40 to 45 yards per punt. He was a very consistent punter um, to see if he can beat out an Aussie um, punter. Um, the other one, obviously, is field goal kicking, kickoffs. Andres Carlson got that one in the bag. No issues there. 
and then kickoff return, it sounded like Sean Shivers and Matthew Hill are gonna gonna are gonna be the guys um, taking the kickoff returns. I mean, just think about Sean Shivers uh, returning kicks. He didn't do too many from what I remember last year, and when he did, I remembered him getting up to speed so quick because he's he's so short um, that he could just lay into somebody and maybe find an open hole and break one. How do you feel about the kickoff return game? I don't, you know, I think, I mean, it looks like we got Sean Shivers and Matthew Hill. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm hearing at least. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Sean Shivers, and, you know, the thing about him is if the hole is there, he's gone. Yeah. Um, I have, I don't know much about Matthew Hill returning. I, I you know, I think that, I like Christian Tut. I know he's doing the punt returns. The thing about Tut is, I don't think he has the speed, but he reads holes very well. He kind of jukes. Yeah. Um, so it's a different kind of different philosophy. But I think that Shivers is obviously not a bad option. Shivers doesn't avoid contact, as the Alabama safety knows. <laughs> um, so I, I don't have a problem with those. I just don't know much about Matthew Hill, honestly, being a returner. But I assume that he's got – you know, one of the things about that that we take for granted is just – the kickoff turn not as much but punt return the no fear mentality like if you flinch at all you're gonna fumble that ball so you your first goal is to catch it oh yeah and there were many years you probably remember about within the last five where we like just catch the ball and now we've actually brought some in that can be a weapon with it yeah i mean there were years where i was just hoping he would catch it and then maybe go five yards i wasn't even thinking break something yeah um and and i feel like it finally started to switch just a little bit probably last year or maybe the year before where I was thinking Christian Tut when he he was returning punts he could almost break one like he yeah. maybe three or four times he was a shoestring tackle away from breaking a 70 yard punt return or something crazy I, I think Tut's only re and it's fine I mean listen he would blow me away and he's very athletic I, the reason I keep saying this is I heard a uh and I read a recruiting article on him. It's like some of the bigger teams backed off in the end because of that speed. Um, and I've kind of kept an eye on him, and I've seen a little bit of that. But, listen, he jukes around, he finds the hole, and he gets some really good punt returns. And I think the only thing keeping him from breaking one is probably maybe he's got a little not, not the breakaway speed you need, but mm. he does really well for us on defense and on, kick, on punt returns. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of times a punt returner nece- isn't necessarily can you run the four four speed. It's can you make right. a guy miss? Can you make like, a guy miss? Because that first guy, you can't. First off, you got to catch it, and yes. then you got to know, you know, where am I going? How do I juke that? If you can get past that first guy, you're right. Yeah, that opens things up. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think he's gonna break one this year. Like I just have a gut feeling. Last year I thought so, and he was so close. But this year has to be his year to break a big punt return, go to the house. Um, I'm thinking that's what's going to happen. Well, and we'll move on. We spent too much on kick return, but the thing too, you always watch the successful ones. They, they're, they get forward with it and then do a juke. Whereas the other ones that get caught up in it, they're going East and West from the get go. And that's not going to work. You have to, you have to somehow get to get five yards forward and then do a juke. If you try to start juking right away, and whatever Christian does, he does it well, and it's probably instinctive. And that's yeah. not why just everybody can do it. Yeah, and you're probably right. I mean, that's it is a very instinctive thing. I'm, I'm just remembering back to a terrible flashback when in high school my coach in high school said, 
uh, our punt, our, our kickoff returner, our punt returner was out. Um, he got injured and he was like, Hey, you want to, you want to go out there? I was like, yeah, sure. And I flashed <laughs> back to just thinking, and the coach told me just catch the ball and fall down to the ground. And I was, uh, I mean, this team was coming after me like rabid dogs and I was the meat that they're about to eat. And I was just like, I remember just catching it and then essentially taking two steps and then just falling because mm-hmm. I was like, dude, they're about to knock the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. And I was even a pretty shifty kid. It's just, you got to have the instinct and well, very few guys have that, especially at this elite level where just everybody's so quick. Yeah. If you're, if, if I'm looking up and I have five star athletes running at me full speed, yeah, I'm walking off the field. I'll just yeah. go ahead and tell you right now. I'm like, forget it. <laughs> so, well, well, they may this will be a touchback, or they may down it at the one, but I'm walking off. Yeah, exactly. You don't want me back there, uh, Jared. Before we get out of here, do you want to give them your uh, how they can get in contact with you? Yeah, just look me up on Facebook. It's under my name, or Instagram. It's uh, just Jared Davis under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at a j a y j a y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?